Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tea with HB is for everyone who dreams of a better world. Together, let's brew a new reality. Inclusivity. Noun. The practice or policy of providing equal access to opportunities and resources for people who might otherwise be excluded or marginalised. Melissa Johns, an award-winning actor and ambassador for disability rights in the arts, joins me to discuss the representation of disability in the media, the benefit system and the struggles of working in the entertainment industry as someone from a minority group. Before we begin, grab a cup of salted caramel green tea, trust me, it's good, and let's take a deep breath together. Ready? Hi, Melissa. Welcome to Tea with HB. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. So you co-founded Triple C and the Disabled Actors Networking Community, which I'm a part of and have been absolutely loving. And you're also an award-winning actress. And that's one of the hardest industries to work in, I would say. But you make it look so easy, especially as someone from a minority group. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's one of those things. It's the same, I suppose, with so many industries. It's um, and, and I suppose the use of social media. Social media often makes it look like uh you know we're celebrating quite a lot of the time um and maybe we don't always choose to uh talk as much about the harder times we need to take everything back to being a human being and I think we forget that so often just you know blood runs through all of us and 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 we really are very we are we're absolutely the same we should be celebrated for our difference but um we have so many more things in common than we have that are different and we possess this diversity across the board from different backgrounds abilities experiences classes vocabularies you know and it's so weird for me because I used to think that representation wasn't important I didn't get it. I thought, well, that doesn't help. That doesn't change my life at school. You know, if I if I saw someone with an invisible disability, that, that wouldn't help. That wouldn't change my pain level. But actually, it would have. It would have showed me that someone was out there doing something that I was told I wasn't capable of. And if you can see it, you can be it, right? And representation really does matter. And we know that. I was listening to a TED Talk this morning. Uh, a little person called Becky Curran was talking about how there's a deaf boy and he was asked, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, oh, I didn't know deaf, deaf people became adults because he'd never seen it. And so obviously representation is so important. And she was also talking about Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones and the positive impact that he's had on that community. 
And I was just thinking for you, as someone with a limb difference, when you decided you wanted to be an actor, obviously that's your passion. Did it ever cross your mind? Was your intention, hey, I'm going to be a role model? Because that's the bare bone of what celebrity is. And if all these creative careers are only counted as successful when you're a celebrity, did you think, oh, I'm going to use that to be a role model to be an influence absolutely not I didn't think that I because but not because I didn't want to be just because I didn't realize how much it was needed until I was in it you, your, your passion is always just because you want to tell stories you Shirley and I from triple uh, C dank uh, we wrote an article recently we wrote for the BFI and we sort of basically said um, we need to scrap representation and the reason why we said that is because of course, we don't mean scrap representation. What we mean is scrap that being the driving force. Mm, tokenism is not helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, we say it so often and we hear it so often that as disabled artists and creatives, we've started thinking ourselves that the only tangible thing we can give is representation. So when we're writing off for jobs or when we're, we're highlighting, oh, it's great for representation. Stop, stop, stop. Let's take it all back. Let's take it all back. Because when I first got that feeling of being on stage at, what, eight years old and, and, and thinking, oh my gosh, I can't get enough of this feeling. The last thing I was thinking was, and lots of people need to see me because I've got one arm. What I was thinking was, <laughs> I just love learning lines oh my god I love learning them I love saying them different slightly differently every night I like there was so much that I love that's exactly the point isn't it because disabled stories black stories they're stories they're just stories of humanity and and that's not to say that we should be ignorant to the disability but it's so part of it I will always naturally take on a character in a completely different way because of my disability, because my disability has given me a different lived experience, which means I'm going to take things on in a different way. I think sometimes we tear the two apart and we say, okay, so she's disabled, so it's representation and she's an actor and, you know, hopefully she can act and she's good. Well, what if those two things are completely combined and the reason why she can act and tell stories in that way is because of the life that she's lived, which means that when you're employing us, the byproduct is representation which is amazing what a rich amazing byproduct to have but the driving force is that this world will always be richer with more voices and you are adding to that that richness yes and and at some point you and Shirley obviously realized we need more of this you know these stories aren't being told enough and you'll know a lot more about this for the UK I'm sure but I was just looking at statistics about the US because obviously that's where Hollywood is and 1.6% of speaking characters in films in the US have disabilities but a lot of them as we know they're not played by disabled actors so going on from what you were just saying how do you feel about non-disabled people playing disabled characters i'm over this this thing of going god are we still having to educate people on why um non-disabled actors shouldn't play disabled parts and my my stance on it is i think really clear and that is when we get to a point where disabled actors are playing the non-disabled roles, I actually probably won't mind a non-disabled actor playing a disabled part. That actually probably won't bother me. Like, go for it. Have a stab at it. See how you get on. Um, but that can only happen when disabled artists are taking on the role of, of non-disabled characters and there, there's an idea of, of some sort of equity within that. Yes, I completely agree. And there are many different opinions on this topic. And it's it's a sore point for a lot of people, I think. But especially with roles like Stephen Hawking and Eddie Redmayne, for example, at one point he was walking. So to have an able-bodied actor playing that role, I understand. 
in Sia's recent film, completely not acceptable. Um, and in the, the remake of The Witches, also not. We get told that so often. So many people go, they always use the Stephen Hawking one as, a, as, a, as, as, a, as an example almost to fight against us. And so often we will be like, actually, that one's not that, like, let's not use that one because... It, that is completely different. Um, Me Before You is a really great example of, of a terrible one, you know. Um, what What's upsetting is that they, they tried to make that creative decision by, I think, doing... I think I timed it as something like 20-something seconds, but I could be wrong. Anyway, let's say 30, 60 seconds max. At the beginning of the film, they do this montage where they don't even show the actor's face and they show him, you know, standing up from the bed, legs down. They show him bending down to tie his shoelaces. They do a little montage of movement, face not included. So actually, that if, if, if we really thought that was the best way of starting the show, debatable, um, you could have just chosen a different actor for it. But for the sake of that 60-second montage, you literally took that key part away from somebody with, with, with lived experience. And what that would have done, not only would that have skyrocketed a an actor that uses a wheelchair because it was such a big selling show but what it would have done is he would have been able to have consulted slightly on the script that's exactly what i was about to say because it's not just about disabled actors it's about disabled stories so obviously jojo moyes does not have a disability i really resent the fact that she got to tell a fictional story that isn't actually relatable for the majority of disabled people who I have spoken to, at least. Granted, I've not spoken to everyone in the world, but I think the consensus is it was pretty damning. And yes, and it, that in general, we are we should be allowed to live. <laughs> revolutionary that actually we we have quite fulfilling lives most of the time. It's exactly. more society that's disabled, really. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly the thing. If you're going to have someone who is playing a disabled character, at least give someone with a disability a job by letting them advise on set. It's so, so simple. And, you know, that's why we created... Um, so so we created Triple C, which is uh, the name of the organisation. And within Triple C as a whole, create projects that break down the barriers for people with disabilities accessing the arts, whether that's from an artist, from an audience. Um, so you're, you know, really covering the whole of society there. Dank, uh, Dank is the disabled artist networking community, which is uh, a key strand of Triple C. Um, it's sort of got so big now, people think it's its own entity, but it, it does still sit within Triple C. And you know, the reason why we created it was we just wanted the chance to say, look, firstly, it's solution focused, right? We're not going to have a go at anybody. If you've never done it, if you're a director coming and you've you've never ever chosen a disabled actor, we're not about to have a go at you. The fact that you are now wanting to engage and have a conversation is enough for us. It's really refreshing to hear that point of view because I feel the same way. I think it's completely natural and valid to be angry and to just want to shout at people. I get that. But in the big scheme of things that's not how problems get solved for me i have found the best way of doing it alongside living my life is to remain solution focused to approach it in a in a really positively educating soft and hold hand way and i know that i know that that's frustrating for a lot of people because they say i'm, I'm done with the holding of the hand i i really just want to i really just want to do this yeah. differently now if the person you're talking to you know if you're really going at it and they really are just coming back with things that are nasty offensive they don't want to learn they don't, okay in which case i'm not going to waste my time anymore actually but that's like, the thing. Also, it's not our responsibility to educate just because we happen to be disabled. No, no. I mean, I've I've found, I, I learned quite early on in my career that I was doing it every day, and so I made sure that I found a way that I was happy with doing it. And I think that 
there are people out there that aren't happy with doing it but maybe do it anyway and I, I think that you have to we just have to be able to say to people if we're happy to or not at the start of a conversation look I really don't want to you know I'm advising on disability every day in my life I really don't want to talk about it today then let, let people know that as they say for me I have found a way where I'm I'm happy with it and I get excited about it because I know the change that co- I know the change that's going to come with it so I'm I found yes. a way of loving talking about it so that it doesn't you know make me feel exhausted every day otherwise it would it would yeah I get that and I I also think it's really important that you know disabled people are people we're not a monolith just because some of us don't want to talk about it doesn't mean we all don't it's like any person just ask them what they're comfortable with there's not a one-size-fits-all in in this community actually as there isn't in any any um underrepresented community so uh it's just about us as soon as people get over the fear it's it's all about fear it's about the unknown which is why representation is so important not only for us so that we're seen and and we can do but for the way the public treats us the way families and friends even treat us absolutely and as i say i think that that fear is really valid actually because we do live in a time at the moment where you know if you put you know one one step wrong or you say the wrong thing you really really didn't mean to you know, suddenly your career can be over because you posted it on Twitter or... And and listen, I'm not saying that the people out there that deliberately say nasty, horrible things to get a reaction, I'm not excusing their behaviour. Cancel culture isn't helpful for anyone. No, no, absolutely. Try try educating and if it doesn't work, probably just don't waste your time. Um, But I, I can see why fear is such a big thing. You know, we have we have casting directors or, or production companies or theatres that come to us at Dank and say, oh, we're going to put a call out. Would you be able to have a look over it for us and check that we've we've worded things right? And we always say, look, you know, we can help you word it as best as possible. But even within our community, someone will probably say, oh, I don't really like it when you say that. Just like all humans ever. <laughs> a- abso- absolutely. But the fear is that they're going to get it wrong and they're going to get absolutely slated. So I can I can see why people carry a lot of fear around with them. And that means they just don't even want to start. They don't want to look at accessibility. They don't want to think about it, which is understandable. It's not OK, but we need to change the attitude. And whilst I'm validating fear and saying that absolutely I can completely understand that, I'm also saying stop using it as an excuse and come and have a conversation because there are so many of us that outwardly are saying we're not going to have a go at you we will hold your hand you can get from us what you need so at some point you are going to have to take responsibility and go okay right I just need to get over the fear now and have a chat yeah absolutely and I think it's slow but I do believe we're getting there and I mean it's really hard when you're in the midst of it and I think it's hard you know I'm only 20 so (laughs) a lot of this is this is still going on I thought what (laughs) I thought we were better than this you know you have so much hope and optimism and then the more you experience real life you're like oh wow and actually no it's over the last century you know we've we've done a lot It, it is slow progress but it is happening and people are very quick to be so negative about everything and actually there is a lot of good still happening. It's it's okay to say that and acknowledge both. There really is. Like I see sometimes, you know, a, a big show might go on TV and someone will say, God, there wasn't any any disability in that. Okay, it's, it's small steps. Um, let's talk about, so for every show that didn't do it, let's talk about the show that did do it. So the show that didn't do it can follow. <laughs> That's much more helpful in solving the problem it than really just is. complaining. Obviously, you know, we know representation is important. We know telling stories is important. But there's also a lot that will have to come from governmental policy change, as with everything, as with climate change, as with racism, you know, that's really where it starts. 
Um, we can do as much groundwork as we want to, but until it's said there, you know, social model of disability will out. <laughs> um, and I'd really love to talk about how I discovered you, which is through Life, the show on the BBC, and your pep scene, which I'm sure you have received many, many messages about. Um, for those of you who don't know, PIP is Personal Independence Payment Allowance. In the UK, it's a form of disabled benefit, and disability benefits are the most gatekept in the entire world. <laughs> How was it for you filming that scene? Well, firstly, huge credit to the brilliant Mike Bartlett. He is wonderful, and uh it was recognised from the start that it would be useful for me to have an input in in that scene. So again, he doesn't have the lived experience of it. So he asked me as an actor, would I be, if I didn't want to, they had backup, they they, they had um, disability consultancy at the BBC. So if I didn't want to, then it, I didn't have to make it my job. So either way, there That's was, the, there was a way around it. I love, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a creative. So someone saying to me, do you want to support on that bit of the script? Of course I do. I love stuff like that. Yes. So I was more than happy to. And it was really, really, really thought through and really brilliant. And um, it was always going to be a bit of a difficult one. I filmed that scene in uh, August 2019. And I had gone through uh, my... So... so it used to be disability living allowance. For some people, it still is disability living allowance. They're migrating from disability living allowance over to personal independence payment. Some people are still on the DLA structure, but they are, you know, obviously turning it into, into PIP. Um, what's so difficult about that, and, and I'm sure you, you know about this, and just, just for anybody listening, is that if you were, if you'd been granted disability living allowance for life, so you had a condition that wasn't going to change, for example, you know, I've tried watering it, but my right arm is not going to grow back anytime soon. Um, it doesn't matter how much fast grow I put on it, it's not coming back. Uh, rather than me having to reapply every three or four years, it was given that, you know, I would, I would get that for life. Which is really, can we just say? The- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's certainly not, it's certainly not life changing. It, it pays for some taxis when I, when I can't walk places or can't drive. There's a huge amount of myth busting we need to do about disability benefits. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, about us all being scroungers. But what they are prepared to do is, is, you know, damn the rest of us um, along the way. Yes, exactly. And pay people to stop us from getting it. Do you know what? It reminds me of things like food banks when people say, oh, but you get people that abuse it. Do you know what? For the 4% of people or whatever that abuse it, I would rather make sure that the other 20 something get what they need. And, and, and if any, if someone's abusing it, why would you to just to get angry at them take it away from so many and it's exactly the same of the people who are abusing it who is genuinely just being a terrible person like who is a fully terrible person nobody right so what is their reasoning for it you you know it's like with invisible disability okay if someone is faking a disability why and they still need help and they still need medical attention there's clearly something going on so don't just get angry absolutely my first PIP assessment took two and a half hours um bearing in mind you know I've already gone through tribunals for DLA I've already gone through all of that when I was younger and um at the end of this PIP assessment where I'd obviously just had to spend two and a half hours saying about how much of a needy person I am in order to even have a slight minimal chance of getting any kind of help from anyone as a disabled person, we have to milk the hell out of it, which is depressing, draining, exhausting, terrible, wrong. 
you just have to focus so much on 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 the negativity which there are negatives i'm not gonna i'm not gonna act like having one arm is 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 always a walk in the park it's not um i've i've just learned to love the negatives but in that situation you can't love the negatives you have to talk about the negatives for two and a half hours and at the end i found myself i sort of burst into tears and i said the words i felt so silly afterwards i went um i i run an organization that helps disabled people and i also just won an award and she said oh okay and i went um yeah sorry i just wanted to tell you and she was like oh, that's that's do you want me to make a note of it and I was like not particularly I just wanted to say it out loud and afterwards I rang one of my friends and I said why did I do that why did I just blurt out at the end that I, I'd won an award because it makes you feel like you're useless and you're doing nothing <laughs> and it was exactly that I suddenly just thought I just want you to know that I'm a really good person <laughs> Like, I promise you, I try to help people where I can. I try to... Because I just spent two and a half hours basically, you know, highlighting the fact that, yeah, my partner has to help me. My parents have to help me. My brother has to help me. And I... I've Describing basically why in a capitalist society where productivity is your worth, that disabled people are worth less. Yes. And and it was... It, yeah. Anyway, um, they lost all the paperwork um, for that two and a half hour session so I had to go and do another one uh, on Valentine's Day and uh, they didn't turn up um, I traveled all the way back home they didn't turn up it was my third one where they it finally you know it went through um, but we are put through and did you receive it in the end yeah yeah I received it and I you know I still I receive it now um, and that's why it was it was just I just wanted to make sure in that scene that I want that I was finding the balance between going this breaks us like it absolutely breaks us there are people that you know sadly and and trigger warning here but but there are people that have lost their lives because of this process because it is damaging and it is breaking but at the same time I want to find that balance of showing how strong we still are and still have to be whilst being broken at the same time and I guess I just wanted to do Mike's writing justice well you definitely did you basically know, but before any hospital appointment, you're going to have to fight just to be heard because you're young, because you're female. Like those are two things that exist anyway. It's just impossible. It's it's this. It's a pain in your chest and it's a pit in your stomach, and it's yeah. it's just one that we could all do without. And until yeah. we have more disabled people in our governments. Um, until we have more disabled people in leadership roles or people with lived experience. That's that's the issue because then from people who don't understand it, there's all this benefit scrounger stereotyping. You go back to your doctor and say, oh, this happened, and there's no, oh, that's awful, I'm so sorry. You know, there's no bedside manner, no sympathy. It's just, yeah, that's how, that's the method they use. So they'll, they'll, you know, I, I don't know anyone who's got it first time, actually. You have to reapply with a lawyer. Um, because that's how the system works. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know when it will get better. I, as I say, we 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 just I think have to keep pushing for it in our individual industries. So no matter what industry you're in, if you can continue to push for um, the inclusion of disability, the employment of disabled people, the representation of disabled people in whatever industry you're in, whether you're in the car industry, whether you're in the medical profession, whether you're in the arts, whether you're disabled or not, whether you're disabled or not push for that inclusion because it's only when we have have that sort of layer that that sits along the top and isn't at the back of the queue that I think we'll we'll all start to be taken a bit more seriously but 
on a positive to sort of, you know, you know, end on a positive. It, it is changing. It is not changing really, really fast. And now is not the time for us to become complacent. I think sometimes people think that because we're starting to see changes, oh, we can all sit back. Now is the time more than ever. COVID. Yeah, with, with the number of people who have actively performed in a way that means they don't take disabled life as, as worth anything... It's a very simple solution. It's an attitude change, an attitude adjustment to just letting people realise you can include disabled people because they're people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're here. We've all got stories to tell. And as I said earlier, this world will always be richer with more voices in. Yeah. Thank you so much for such a wonderful, insightful conversation. You're an utter delight. Oh, no, so are you for starting this. And just it's really lovely, actually, to like to just chat with somebody and it not be like an interview based on all the stuff that you've done. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can leave me a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can also find me on Patreon, Instagram and YouTube. And for more, check out my newsletter and website www.twithhb.com. Thank you for staying with me until the end of the episode. To show my appreciation, here's a preview of next week's episode. Diversibility with entrepreneur, CEO and disability rights activist Tiffany Yu. I'm the daughter of immigrants, so my family came to America with the belief that our key to success was going to be viewed through our achievements and through our productivity and our contributions to a capitalistic society. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.